0: Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15, hear not the word of God. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in the heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of in the fear of God. Grasswithers, flower fades, that the word of our God and abides forever. I ask the Lord to teach us for this word. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for Your Word, which is perfect and true, inspired, and infallible, and inerrant. We're thankful that You have given to us everything necessary for faith and Godly living. We pray that You would teach us from Your Word this morning. We pray that You give us eyes to see and ears to hear hearts open and receptive to your word. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanksgiving is probably my favorite time of the year. It's a wonderful time for families to gather, and it certainly was for the Schultzes. Ann and I were trying to do the math on the way into church, but if our calculations are correct, 21-21. 25 grandchildren there at the house, 39 total people for a wonderful time family and fellowship and food and pies. As some of you know, and we always count the abundance of the Schultz Thanksgiving celebration by the number of pies. And I think there were 20 of them, which is probably way too many. It was really, really good. Thanksgiving, though, is more than just about family, food, fellowship, and fun, but it's a time to be thankful for God and mindful of His blessings. George Washington, the time his presidency began, said, it is the duty of nations to thank Almighty God. So there is a time for thanksgiving on a personal level, on a family level and on a national level. My focus is Ephesians 5 verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5:20. First. You are to be thankful. Ephesians 5 gives us many positive characteristics to cultivate, as well as negative things to avoid. And so in Ephesians 5, verse 4, we're told neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. So there's Certain things that you're not supposed to do. Stay away from silly talk and course, jesting. Certain things you are supposed to do, which is to give thanks. And that's repeated in verse 20 giving thanks. It is too easy, way too easy to complain. So I worked with somebody at the university. And it's nobody here. And if you work at the university, don't try to guess who it is. But I work with somebody that I've nicknamed Mr. Drouchy you, you probably would know him. Uh, anyway, but a person who is oftentimes not happy or frequently disappointed or often disillusioned. And this may be a dispositional thing. Sometimes people are just prone to be a little grumpy and disaffected. Other people perhaps are more prone to be upbeat and cheerful. But if you have to take your choice, make a choice, wouldn't you say about yourself, I'd rather be a cheerful and thankful person rather than a dis- disaffected and grouchy person. Right? That would we recommend for anybody. There's this old movie, I don't know if the movie's any good, I forget the type that it Pile of it is. But it's this group taking some kind of wild suicide mission into Germany during World War II, and it's pretty clear that their chances of success are limited. And one guy's complaining about it, maybe obviously so. And the tank commander, who's a little nutty himself, said, Why all these negative vibes? What's all this negativity? look around you, the sun is shining, it's a beautiful day, why can't you say something righteous and hopeful for a change? And I thought that was such a good line, I tried to follow that, right? Say something righteous and hopeful, be thankful. In fact, thankfulness should be a Christian attitude. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. Colossians 2, starting with verse 6, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And so if you're the call to thankfulness, this is just in the category. It's a nice thing to do, and people will like you better to have to be thankful. But instead, as you have received Christ, as you are rooted in him and built up in him, as you are established in the faith, as you've been taught, abound in it with all thanksgiving. And so if you are a push- Christian, and your sins are forgiven. And you are the heir of glory. And if you have received the promise of everlasting life in Christ, you always have something to be thankful for. 1 Thessalonians five eighteen. First Thessalonians five verse eighteen. Starting with verse 16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And because I work at a university, and sometimes I work with people in a transitional state, state of life, time of life, oftentimes you'll have questions about what's God's will. You know what kind of major should I pursue? What kind of career should I be interested in? How can I serve the Lord? It's a legitimate question for university students. And I've always been tempted to say, God's will for you is to be thankful. Because we're told that specifically, that applies to everybody. God's will for your life is to be a thankful person. And then whether you're a doctor, teacher, missionary, or whatever, all of those are valuable things to consider as well in terms of your calling. But you are called to a life of thankfulness. And so first, for our passage, you are to be thankful. And unless you breeze through that in Ephesians 5.20, the second thing is you are to give thanks always. Now it's easy not to give thanks periodically in this Thanksgiving season or holiday or you give thanks for your meal. All of that's appropriate. But we're told we are to give thanks at all times. We're to give thanks always. This should certainly be a feature of your personal prayers. Philippians 4 Verses 6 and 7 tell us this, Philippians 4, starting with verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now I think that the first part of verse 6 is a common part of our prayer life that it is filled with prayer and supplication but never that admission with thanksgiving. And so to go to the Lord in prayer you need to be thankful for what you've received from the Lord. Your daily bread, your health, your status, as a redeemed Christian and heir of glory, all of those are things that you can be thankful for. This should be a part of our public prayers. First Timothy two verses one and two gives instructions about prayer. First Timothy two one therefore I exhort first of all that supplications prayers intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. In other words, public prayer should have certain elements to it, which is to include supplications and intercessions, but also prayers and thanksgiving. And then you can even see in verse 2, the object, or one of the objects of prayers for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Thanksgiving is a part of public prayer. Thanksgiving should be a part of your daily routine. Let me read from Psalm 92, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 92 It is good to give thanks to the Lord, and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. And so every day, morning and evening, you should be thanking the Lord and proclaiming His loving kindness and His faithfulness. In other words, you are to give thanks always. And I don't think we do that nearly enough. If every good gift that we receive comes from the Lord, 1 Timothy 4.4, then we should be thankful for God's good gift. I was preaching up uh, a little mountain church up the North Lexington a few years ago and one of the elders was leading the Sunday school class, and he had a real old-timey, homey style to him. He said, in regards to thankfulness, and I, I can't duplicate the little mountain accent, but every time my feet hit the floor in the morning, I should be a- thanking the Lord. And I think I can remember that, right? You know, your feet hit the floor, there's a reminder to think. Thank the Lord. He's given you a new day. Now, once you stand up, then maybe your knees start complaining and you're less thankful, but when your feet hit the floor, you can be thankful for another day about to begin. You are to be thankful. You are to give thanks always. You are to give thanks for everything. And here, the Apostle Paul just wants to make sure that uh, we don't forget something. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things. Now, at one point the Apostle Paul told the philosophers in Athens that he himself, the Lord, gives to all life, breath, and everything. But so everything we have comes from the Lord. Certainly that is true for our health, for in him we live and move and have our being. Acts 17, 28. Certainly it is true for our daily bread. In Matthew 6, 11, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us that our Heavenly Father feeds us in the same way that He feeds all of creation, even the tiniest birds field. God clothes us. And again, that's another principle from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, that the Lord clothes the insignificant plants of the field, and they are clothed more gloriously than Solomon was ever arrayed, and he cares for us even more. We should thank God for our freedom. If we are to pray in public services that the Lord would help civil magistrates to govern in such a way that we can live lives of peace and dignity and tranquility, then those are things that we can be thankful for. The fact that we can assemble here in worship freely is a wonderful blessing of God. If we are to give thanks for everything, that might even include the surprises of life, and the surprises of life that we don't immediately accept with gratitude or thanksgiving. A few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, I was changing the tire on my truck. And I wasn't really happy about it. <clears throat> the tire is absolutely flat, kind of leaning up on a hill, so it's needed to be to work on. It. Jack wouldn't quite get up high enough and was leaning. And luckily I had jack stands up, so when the truck leaned off the jack, the jack stands caught it, nobody was hurt, that's good. And it was hot, it was time consuming. And I was really maybe a little grouchy about this. And then Ann came up with helpful guidance for me. And she said, it's been a long time since you've had to change a tire. Yes, it hasn't. been. <laughs> I thought, well, yeah, that's right. Oh, I remember in my youth when they didn't have any money, and I used, uh, bought used tires and re and I was forever changing tires. It was so bad that they even got an extra red and an extra used tire. They would have two flat tires <laughs> as I was driving across uh, northern Minnesota. Well, times have changed, and I can buy regular tires and, you know, get them rotated like you're supposed to, and so even in having to deal with the inconveniences of a flat tire, with help reminded me that I have so much to be thankful for because I don't have to do that all the time. Be thankful for trials and adversities and tribulations, even though you really don't want to. But that's what the Bible teaches us to do. To glory in our tribulations, Romans 5.3. Or to counter all joy when we have trials, James 1.2. A thankful heart for everything can be a witness to the people around you. When I was at a different college, which was a very secular college, I had a Muslim student from Saudi Arabia. And she came over to me because she wanted to know more about Christianity. She was very interested in America. She was very interested in Christianity. And she said, I know that you're a Christian. I said, How do you know that? She said, because your daughter's dressed modestly. She had noticed that. That was uh, all at this college and because you pray before your meals. <clears throat> so I go to the cafeteria, I sit at the faculty table, uh, the other faculty weren't believers, to my knowledge, but before i had my meal, I say a quiet prayer of thanks. And so for this international student interested in America, saw someone praying, uh, she came to me to ask questions about the faith, Your thankfulness in the awareness. We have so So much to be thankful for. If you look at the situation in other countries of the world, if you look at the situations of people in times gone by, we have so much to be thankful for. I remember talking to one of Ann's relatives, and they were describing going to school. I think it was in the fifties in Duval, Ohio. And uh, they had a, a hand pump outside with a tin cup. So if you wanted to drink, you had to go out and get Your, your uh, water from the pump, from the common pump. And they had an outhouse out back. They have nothing like the conveniences that we have today in our homes or in our schools. My guess is that the quality of education uh, might compare pretty well to some of the things that we have today in some of our schools But if you look at a half-century ago, our blessings and our conveniences would be unimaginable to our great-grandparents. You're to be thankful. You're to give thanks always. You are to give thanks for everything. You are to give thanks to God the Father. Giving thanks always for all things God the Father. The language of God the Father is common here in Ephesians. Ephesians 1 verse 3 Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 17 And that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory. When you think about the ways in which God is represented as a Father or our Father, the Father of mercy, the Father of Lights, the Father of glory. And here we are told to give thanks to the Father. For as David prayed in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10, at the end of his life, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. And there are certain assumptions about this language of praying to God our Father. Certainly theistic, we believe in God the Father Almighty. And there's a providential nature to it as well. We believe in a God who governs the world and provides for us his children, and this paternal element that he is our Heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us should be precious to us. The Psalms have frequent admonitions about thanking the Lord, thanking Jehovah. In fact, let me read for you a few samples from the Psalms, starting with Psalm 105, and you see this repeated admonition to be thankful. Psalm 105, 1, o give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Psalm 106 Oh 1, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. Psalm 107, verse 1. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Psalm 118, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, His mercy endures forever. Verse 29. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Now, oftentimes when we thank God, we thank God for material things, and that's appropriate. I'm thankful for the meal that I'm about to do. I'm thankful for the health that I enjoy. I'm thankful for this thing or that thing, but notice the admonition in the psalm, give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His mercy endures forever. And if you cherish the grace of God and the mercy of God, you should be thankful that his mercy endures Christian forever and ever. We are thankful for our good and gracious and merciful Heavenly Father. And notice that Ephesians 5, the last part of this verse, tells us to give thanks to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you'll notice here this emphasis upon Jesus, the formal language, Strikes me as if we're told not just that we should pray, but how we should pray. We pray to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a, mi- a reminder here that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's a poor Christian confession. Notice the statement that He is our Lord. We confess Jesus Christ as risen Lord. Indeed, Scripture tells us that if we confess with the mouth of Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he shall be saved. And we believe that he is our Lord. There's a common corporate testimony here for the church, that he's not just my Lord, but for everyone here who has trusted in Jesus Christ we humbly confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is our Lord and in his name there is tremendous authority as the apostles said in Acts 4.12 there is salvation in no one else there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved The Westminster Large Catechism has a great deal of instruction on prayer and it's really good. It tells us not only that we should pray, but it tells us how to pray. Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ by the help of his Holy Spirit with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercy. Not as we pray, we need to be thankful, and we in particular need to be thankful for the Lord's mercies. But we pray unto God in the name of Christ by the help of His Spirit. And so you say, why is it so important to pray in Christ's name? larger Catechism 181, the sinfulness of man and his distance from God, Because of this, we have no access to his presence without a mediator, and that glorious work is appointed to Christ alone. Jesus Christ is your mediator. He gives you access to God. He is the one who brings you in to the presence of God, as it were, to the throne of grace. He is our great high priest. We can come boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace in time of need because of Jesus Christ, our mediator, Hebrews 4.16. You might remember the story from the book of Esther where Esther's people are about to be wiped out and she's told you need to go and talk to the emperor says that I can't do that because you going to the emperor's presence. But the of you, you can be struck dead unless the emperor welcomes you in by pointing the scepter to you. But if you don't get the scepter, you're toast, right? And the encouragement was you need to do it. This is, you know, while you're here, and you need to do it. So Esther came into the emperor's presence and the golden scepter was extended. I expect sometimes we are reluctant to pray because we know how unworthy we are. And indeed, we are unworthy as sinners to seek God's face for that. Or we think that our problems and troubles are insignificant and really too little to worry the Lord about. But we are told in Hebrews 4.16 that we have access to his throne of grace. The scepter of Christian is always pointed in your direction so that you can go to the Lord and find grace and mercy in a time of need. Well, we're supposed to be thankful. You give thanks for everything. You give thanks at all times giving thanks to the Father, giving thanks for Jesus Christ. One final point is that thankfulness is essential for nations. Romans 1 verse 21 tells us about the plight of nations and peoples and cultures where they do not give thanks. Romans 1 verse 21 because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became few, in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were dark. Romans 1 describes a path of cultural degeneration. You will find a record of grotesque sins and societies are given over to depravity, and the ultimate end is utter lawlessness and moral chaos. It seems to be, We can see some of this happening in our own day. But these things are not the problem, but they are a symptom. The real problem, they didn't honor God, and they didn't give thanks. Earlier in our history, you found frequent occasions for the giving of thanks. During the time of the War for Independence, the Continental Congress said, November 1st, 1777, Congress recommends a day of thanksgiving and praise to express the grateful feelings of their hearts and ask God, through the merits of Jesus Christ, to forgive our sins and enlarge His kingdom. Every time people in Congress talk about the merits of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of our sins and the enlargement of His Kingdom, I think there's probably more theological substance there than what we might find today. Governor Thomas Jefferson in 1779 gave this proclamation urging Virginians to humbly approach the throne of Almighty God with gratitude and praise, for above all he has diffused the glorious light of the gospel, whereby through the merits of our gracious Redeemer we may become the heirs of his eternal glory, and that he would pour out his Holy Spirit on all ministers of the gospel, and spread the light of Christian knowledge through the remotest corners of earth and he would in mercy look down on us and pardon all our sins. Now when Thomas Jefferson talks about the merits of our gracious Redeemer and sending the gospel to the uttermost corners of the earth and that ministers would be empowered. Power to do this by the Holy Spirit. Well, that makes my heart both pit or as well. And, and you will say to me, Jefferson said that? Was he really serious? Did he just copy that from someplace? I don't know. All I can say is that 1779, that Thanksgiving proclamation went out over his signature. Incidentally, at the time, he was a founding member and chief supporter of a new congregation in Charlottesville called the Calvinistic Reformed Church. And pastor there, who was Jefferson's lifelong friend was an evangelical. I- I'm not making big claims about the state of Jefferson's soul or his personal convictions or anything like that. But I'll tell you this. He writes a really good thanksgiving proclamation during the time. Of the war for independence. And George Washington, as he took the presidency of the United States, said that it is the duty of nations to thank God. We must humbly offer our prayers to the great Lord and ruler of nations, beseeching him to pardon our national and other transgressions. In each of these instances, early in nation's history, there was a belief in Almighty God. There was at least a trinitarian language used. There was a keen sense that He protects and blesses and that we are sinners and that forgiveness comes through Jesus Christ. And it is our duty to thank Him. And I would say most particularly, it is your duty to thank the Lord, and it is your duty to be thankful. The Ephesians five twenty tells us we're to be thankful, thanking the Lord always, thanking the Lord for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me close with just just a few comments about application. How can we be more thankful? Cultivate contentment. We live in an age of plenty, and it's also an age of discontent. There's always something more to get, more stuff, more things to accumulate. I suppose the world of marketing fuels this discontent because if you watch the television, you're told about new cars, faster and sleeker cars. New potato chips that obviously will be more enticing and tastier than your old potato chips, and maybe it's true we live in an age where marketers and they're just doing their job it encourages us to try new things, to get more things, and to accumulate more and more. I remember once asking my father what Christmas was like in his youth. I was curious. He said, "Well." We didn't have much. You know, times were tough. It was during the Depression. We lived on a farm, a small farm. And so maybe we'd get a, an orange in our stocking, you know, maybe celebrating. I get to see my father and his numerous siblings. High five. I got an orange this Christmas. <laughs> From my perspective, an orange. <laughs> so I was like, a pretty tight Christmas. Well, you don't have much else. An orange could be just a, a real delightful thing. And so children, here's my guess as to what you're gonna get for Christmas this year. <laughs> I hope you get an orange. I like oranges. Uh nothing against oranges, but uh, our level, our threshold of expectation is probably higher. This is what the apostle Paul says in Philippians four verse eleven. Philippians Four verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to me, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Cultivate contentment. Second, develop gratitude. It's hard to feel grateful for things if you feel entitled or if you feel that you deserve it. We need to cultivate gratitude, be grateful to God, and be grateful to others. We aren't able to do everything. We are dependent and it is a lesson best learned early. My father-in-law was A successful man, I think he was kind of an independent man, very self sufficient, proud man. But then he had this long final illness where he was completely dependent. He couldn't do anything by himself, and it was a sad thing to see. But I also noted gratitude gratitude from people who helped him, gratitude to people who. Visit. Um, and, and I commented on this to Anne. It was kind of a sad thing, but it was also kind of an encouraging thing, right? To see someone learn gratitude, the gratitude is best to learn early. And count your blessings. And I don't think we do this enough. Psalm 103, verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all. His benefits. And every time I read that verse, I think of a song I learned in my youth. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. Some of you I know learn that song as well. Count your blessings. It's a good encouragement and it is a biblical encouragement. It is helpful to enumerate the blessings of God. In America, we have amazing blessings and amazing family. But as Christians, we can always be particularly thankful for our eternal blessings. Let me close with two scripture verses, underscoring this. Ephesians 1 verses 15 through 18. Ephesians 1 starting with verse 15. Therefore, I also After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And so to think about your standing in Christ, the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance and his great mercy and goodness towards you. 2 Thessalonians 2. 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 13 and 14. For we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, the love of the Lord because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he calls you by our gospel for the attaining of the hope of, for the hope of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has called you, God has given you inheritance, and the Apostle Paul is thankful faith and salvation of these people at Thessalonica. But we need to make a habit of thanksgiving. Be thankful. Give thanks at all times. Give thanks for everything. Thank God our Father and give thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to be thankful we are thankful for this season of year and reminders of your great blessing and bounty to us. But above all, we are thankful for Jesus Christ, for his salvation, for the mercy that you've shown to us, and for our eternal inheritance. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me in closing to Trinity Chemical number 51, Row Trinity Cheminal 51. Let's stand together so we stand.